What is up, Conscious Monkeys? Welcome back to another episode of Traveling to Consciousness. As always, you guessed it. I'm your host, Clayton Kuteri. In today's podcast episode, we are talking to the one, the only, Caroline Gutierrez. Caroline is a dope and very beautiful soul. I Before we get into describing who she is, I need to make a big, big shout out to Dave Lyon. David Lyon. I don't know why I just called you Dave there. David Lyon, um, if you don't know who he is, he was on the podcast before episode 071. Incredible stories that he had. And I just really, really resonated with him. So whenever I saw Caroline pop up on his Instagram, a piece of me just said, okay, this is uh, someone I need to reach out to. This is someone I need to connect with. This is someone who needs to come on the podcast. So who who is Caroline? Who 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 is she? She's a energy healer. She's an intuitive and she guides people into abundance and to find their flow of life. Her pattern here is to show you how you can kind of alchemize and transform your energy to shift your patterns, to remove some blocks and anything that is holding you back from being less than present and full of peace. And it's kind of wrapped up in her one of her favorite quotes, which she says a couple times on the podcast, which is that you are the medicine. And that might be a little triggering for people because we have been trained and conditioned by society to think that all the answers are outside of us, but we're going to discuss why that is not the case. So guys, this is a really, really powerful one. We talked about history with family, history with dealing with trauma, trying to help other people through their trauma. And at the end, towards the end, it'll probably be in part three, which I'll talk about more in a second. We start talking about the different kinds of toxic energy around being a fuck boy or what it's like in the sex industry with stripping and how it may not be as empowering as this newest wave of feminism would have you believe. So we'll talk about that. Please, again, don't get triggered already. Listen to the podcast. Listen to what we have to say before jumping to conclusions. And with that being said, if you're listening to this in the future, maybe like a week or two after this was released, you will have access to all three parts of this interview. I am releasing it one part at a time. So hopefully, you can enjoy that. This is going to be so much more beneficial for your mind, your body, your soul, so that you can take the first hour, you can integrate it, you can think about it, you can see what's going on, and then you can attack the second part and then the third part. But at the same time, if you're listening to this back, you can very much, you can very much so, you are welcome to listen to part one, queue up part two, and then queue up part three and listen into it in that fashion. So that will be an option for anyone who's listening to this after the fact. And I'm going to be dragging on at this point. So guys, I love you. And without further ado, allow me to introduce you to Caroline Gutierrez. Traveling to consciousness, exploring spiritual journeys to find answers in uncertainty. To separate the corporate crew from my life on Instagram. So, Carolyn Gutierrez, Instagram, that's one last name. 
and then Rothschild is on LinkedIn. And that's my other last name. <laughs> oh, Rothschild. Are you connected to like the whole Rothschild family then? I always tell people the same thing. I'm like, if I was, then I would be here. I would be like <laughs> mansion. <laughs> you probably no, wouldn't I'm... be talking about spiritual concepts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe. I don't know. You're right. And yeah, but uh, I kept it separate. But then like halfway through working at that company, I became like super yoga and like there was nothing that needed to be kept separate. It's like what you see is what you get. <laughs> so you were very much like in the what is that like the software field you were very much like in the software logic yeah and then that kind of pivoted you into the spiritual realm if you will yeah i was in um yeah i was in like like i'm like it's a story but i i left college in san diego after i finished i went back to san francisco where i'm from and um started working like working like in the nightlife industry and all of that and make a lot of money, have a lot of freedom. And then I got kind of stuck there for a bit. And then I ended up breaking free is what I call it <laughs> and going into corporate, <laughs> which is funny because most people be like, wait, what? But I felt more freedom in corporate and more peace of mind. San Francisco, a lot of these companies treat their employees really well. It's not like the nine to five you hate kind of thing. That's just, they everyone makes really good money you have unlimited paid time off it's a really good gig and people are cruising if you're at a really good company and the company i was at treated their employees really well so i was there oh, for like good. five five years yeah well then what was your catalyst for leaving the corporate gig because i feel like a majority of people it's well i guess it's different for everybody but like what was your catalyst for getting out of the corporate world and having this spiritual pursuit yeah, so I, I, some backstory, I had my awakening halfway through that corporate job. So like a few years in to the five years, so 2020. So like halfway through my time there, um, I had my awakening. Right, right when I started that corporate job, I was having the awakening into the light. It's like, I call it awakening to light, then awaken to dark, and then you awaken to your essence. Mm. And so when I first started there, I awakened to the light. And... I was like wearing crystals and like all like, you know, spirituality and it, we're all one. And it was just so beautiful. And then a couple of years in, I had my yeah dark night of the soul, spiritual awakening, really intense awakening. And then for the next three years after that, just three years ago, um, I was on the quest to find the answers to clear trauma, ancestral trauma, my own trauma, all the stuff. Um, and then I got to a place a few months back where I it was time for me to like now guide others through like what other guides were able to help me through in my awakening. And I always knew I was going to be helping others. I always taught yoga. You know, I did yoga retreats. I have those running and all of that. But I, didn't, I knew I wanted to guide people one-on-one. I just didn't know how it was going to happen. And I was still in my corporate job. And I was like, damn, okay, like it's like my time here is done, but like, how do I get out? You know, I got paid really well, great setup, lots of work-life balance. Just, it wasn't, I always emphasize this people. It wasn't like the corporate job you hate. Like it just wasn't. So like, if anything, that felt even harder to leave because it's like, I call it golden handcuffs, Yeah. <laughs> you know? And like, also like a big part of my identity was at that job. I was there for five years, 
you know, a lot of people I met and just all, all these parts of me that I had to grieve. Um, and so I ended up hiring a business mentor. <laughs> um, and it wasn't super businessy, but she was more of like a confidence coach and like also helped with some business strategy stuff. And it was just like super fun. Before I went in with her and I started like doing, sharing more of my spiritual awakening story and a lot of people started coming my way. And that kicked off my business, which is what I do now. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, it's interesting too, because you kind of bring up this idea that I was recently exposed to. I was listening to Joe Rogan's podcast with Chris Williamson. And in Mm -hmm. it, they talked about, Chris talked about this beta region paradox, which is what you highlighted, where if things are going just right, if everything's perfect in your life, there's no reason to change anything. If you're at that comfy nine to five, your bills are getting paid. It's those, you called it a golden handcuffs where Mm -hmm. you don't push yourself out of that place of that spot of complacency because it's comfy. It's easy. There's no struggle. So why even do it? But it sounds like with you, there was something that happened that triggered this, what you called a dark night of the soul. So what is a dark night of the soul? And like, what happened for you with that? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I agree with that part, those golden handcuffs. I have another story for you on another time I had the golden handcuffs. I'll share that shortly. But the dark night of the soul is a time where you go into a deep, deep, dark place in your life. Not everyone goes into that, but it's kind of like in some people call it an existential crisis. Some people call it a midlife or quarter life crisis, depending on where you're at. Um, some people just call it depression and anxiety. Um, so whatever you want to call it, I call it dark night of the soul. And it's when you feel like so disconnected from just everything, everyone around you. Um, it depends on each person's experience. But for mine, it was it was like all this trauma was coming up. Um, I was experiencing heavy depression, anxiety, not the kind that you could like smoke a blunt or hit the bong and you're straight. <laughs> it was like deeper than that. It was like to the point of suicidal ideation which is really gave me insight into what this all is. And it's all trauma waking up in your body, manifesting as mental illness, quote unquote, right? And so we woke up to a lot of things in 2020. Many of us had our awakenings on these deeper levels. And so I went through this portal of, after a mushroom trip, I went to this portal of like, what are we all doing here? And why are we all in so much pain? Because 2020, everyone was like, it was just a dark time. It was such a dark time for a lot. And I was like, why is everyone dying? Why is everyone sick? What do we like? I was just like so confused and I hadn't ever experienced anything like that. Um, it was like, it was just so scary. I can't even explain how scary it was because it's like, you have to be in it to, to really understand. But I started to get these dark thoughts, really dark thoughts and like about like not being on earth. And I was like, Whoa, this is people who are like, in really dark places it's like, like suicidal ideation experience like and i i knew they weren't my thoughts but i started to feel like they were mine because they wouldn't go away and i said this uh another podcast i did but like this is an awakening this was my awakening and it was a really dark time and my soul chose it my soul chose it this wasn't oh you could have you know you could have done something different or like maybe this wouldn't have happened this had to happen for me to reach this state of consciousness there's no reaching these new 
higher states of consciousness, like much higher states of consciousness without going through some sort of pain, sickness, illness, something like that, you know, that it's rare, I guess is what I'm saying. Like, I know, you know, some people who may have, but most of the psychics, intuitives, mystics, like everyone I know, there was a point where it was like this dark night of the soul, this kind of turning point where you had to like find the answers within. And so that dark night of the soul was 2020 to 2021. And then I had a mentor that really helped me through it. I found her um, and she helped me to clear a lot of the energy and trauma that was coming up. So the dark thoughts started to go away. The quote unquote mental illness, I thought it was becoming like schizophrenic, bipolar, all the things like it all started to dissolve rashes I had in my body like these you know bloat I had in my like stomach like all of these things started to dis dissolve as I cleared my energy my trauma and I was like wait a minute holy fuck I am the medicine because I didn't take I meant, forgot to mention this part but I tried antidepressants because you know when you get to such a dark place it's like it's so painful and you, I was like I can't go on another day like I need to try something and antidepressants didn't work microdose mushrooms didn't work like weed stopped working so I was like oh fuck like I'm like what am I going to do and so then when I went on the quest and had the mentor and helped me clear some energy and did a lot of what I do now for others um yeah I found that I'm I'm my own medicine and I was like fuck there's no way that I can't tell people <laughs> about this shit because like everyone's reaching for something and I'm like there is no way and like that's a big thing that started like my my business now it's funny i call it business spiritual business soul mission like what my soul is here to do is like show other people the way and like i feel like it's kicked off so fast and been so um quote unquote successful not by the terms of like money or clients more so just like soul fulfillment but also so many people have been attracted to my just what i'm doing and like asking me for guidance because i feel like there's a lot of power in like your your deepest like darkness and like sharing that and you know if i was just like came on instagram i was like hey everyone like if you're going through spiritual awakening like let me help you out i'm sure people would want help but i was like hey y'all like i was in like a suicidal ideation psychosis like losing my fucking mind and found my way through like let me know if you want any guidance <laughs> you know yeah i do know so <laughs> this is something that I've always been playing around a lot with myself. And then especially whenever you start talking to other people who haven't experienced things that you're talking about, there is that feeling like, am I just hearing voices? Is this like a split personality within me? So how did you come to a place in this journey where you realized that you were not being plagued by a mental illness, such as schizophrenia, mm -hmm. mental bipolar disorder, or any of those things? How do you, how do you know that you're not actually crazy? Yeah. I love that you mentioned that and I had been waiting to share these, this uh, code, this information with the world, but I didn't know at first. I thought I was losing my mind. I was like, well, I'm one of those people now who wants to leave earth or I'm, oh, you know what they say when you hit, you know, I was like 27, 28 at the time I wake up, you know what they, what they say when you're right before you hit 30, the mental illness starts to come in or because dad and mom had something, you have something, right? So I fell into the program and quote unquote matrix of um, being out of your power. It's just simple. It's like, we're just programmed to be out of our power, it's, you know? Um, and <laughs> you kind of have to 
fall so deep out of your power in order to find your power. And for for a bit, I didn't. It's yeah, like during that time, I was it was getting wor- like worse and worse and scarier and scarier, and the dark thoughts weren't going away like at all, at, at all. And it was like I couldn't be around people. I was like, what the fuck's going on? And so I started to research like you are not your thoughts, and I started to read some things, and I was like if these thoughts aren't mine, like, why aren't they leaving my head? It wasn't just like sad thoughts or like a bunch of like intrusive thoughts of, you know, like, like I'm, it was, these thoughts were bone chilling thoughts, like scary, dark thoughts of like, can you give us some my, examples? Hurting myself, like hurting others. And it was like, it was like that. And I was like, what the fuck is this? And it's like, that's a big part of awakening for some people when your mind gets so loud you can't escape it and so it's like I was either gonna have to leave earth or I was gonna have to figure it out and so I started to realize that like it was an awakening as I I was on the quest researching on like how you're not your thoughts but I was like well how the fuck do I get rid of these then like I I couldn't live another day with them it was like just paralyzing for me and um and then I started to like see on Instagram different spiritual accounts saying like the big awakening, like ascension symptom. No, you're not going crazy. You're just having an awakening. And I'm like, wait, wait a minute. Am I part of this wave of people in their awakenings right now? And I was like, wait. And all there's like hundreds of comments on these pages like, oh my gosh, that's happened to me too. But like in my world, like not in the spiritual realms that I was tapping into, like everyone was normal. Everyone was having a great time. Everyone's like, what's wrong with you? Like, mm. you going crazy? And I was like, yeah. I'm literally losing my fucking mind. Like nobody understands. None of you understand. <laughs> like, my sisters at one point said, um, "Friends, like, oh, is Caroline, is Caroline good?" And my sisters were like, "No, she like she's losing her fucking mind. We don't know what's going on with her." And I was like, "Oh my gosh, like it's happening to me. Like I'm going off the deep end." So <laughs> I ended up find I was researching and researching and. During that time, I was actually, this is an important part, I was being reflected back my own fears. So there was like one therapist I connected with and she's like, maybe you're schizophrenic. I was like, oh fuck, like maybe I am. And I was like, that doesn't make any sense. I just, I don't know, I, there's something inside of me was like, this doesn't make sense. How is my power just outside of me? And like, how am I just out of path? And then another one was like, oh, take these antidepressants. And it was just like, I was all my fears are being reflected back to me because everyone's a reflection of your fears or your not fears. And then I was on YouTube and I found this woman who was my mentor for most of my awakening. And she was talking about exactly what I'm saying. These bone chilling thoughts feels, feels like you're in a psychosis. You're out of touch with reality. You're in a deep, dark place. Nobody understands. And I started working with her and I dropped antidepressants that weren't working. I dropped all the therapists. These were therapists who had their like PhD or, and they had been doing it for 20 years, some spiritual ones. Nobody had been through what I was going through and I knew it because they weren't able to guide me through it. And so when I met her, that's when I popped out of this hole of like, oh, I probably have a mental illness and more of like, this isn't a mental illness. This is energy waking up my body, trauma that wants to be cleared so that I can awaken to new states of consciousness and feel at, at peace. I mean, it's great that you got to this place of seeing that internal peace within you. How does this, because you're doing all this research, you're in this place where shit in your mind is just AWOL. Things are crazy. 
quite literally, I guess. Mm-hmm. And you're finding all this information on depression, psychosis, medicine, whether that's drugs or yourself. And, you know, you're not your thoughts. So what are they? How do I get rid of them? When you were coming across different information, whether it was historical, medical, physical drugs, or if it was spiritual, how did that information resonate with you? Did it, some of it resonate more? Did it resonate in different ways? Like all the different information I was coming across? Yeah. Like parsing out whether the answer was in, you know, prescription drugs or in spirituality. Discernment. Yeah. Discernment. That was the biggest lesson in my awakening. I love that you asked that because since that awakening, I really got compassion, deeper compassion for humans and, you know, teach their own. Um, Some people do take antidepressants during their awakening because whether they know they're going through an awakening or not um, and others opt out but like when you have no choice because it's like you can't go on with your life without some sort of equilibrium then you know like then you got to do what you got to do and you're still gonna like be good you know but for me um i had i learned discernment through my journey and like i i started to get really in touch with my body especially working with that mentor um it's a lot of the work i do now like somatics energy quantum things to clear energy and like I was so in touch with my body and sensations at that point that like I didn't have to think so much my body would just contract if something wasn't for me and I would feel relief if it if if like it was was for me so when I'd hear information online about like oh like you 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 know you can get a mental illness at age 28 and that's when they come on and you know be careful and you know this is how you are for the rest of your life I'd feel this kind of like contraction in my body i'm like and like a part of me is like that doesn't make i just i don't know i was like it doesn't make any sense like and then and then when i hear things like oh you're having spiritual awakening this is just trauma wake up in your body you can clear it i was going through the same thing as you and i cleared it and now i'm at this state of consciousness i was like ooh, i'm gonna take that route (laughs) and like especially (laughs) because the people saying it were like i went through this you know what i mean so um it's that was a big part of it for me and um i just felt so held by the people in that kind of the spiritual realm like so held and supported and i didn't feel that way with uh, with the like the psychiatrist realm even though they had good intentions like everyone had really good intentions and wanted to help um and yeah i guess so really just like listening to my body discernment's huge during the awakening and for anyone listening like i would just say like also like it's okay if you need to take something it's okay if you don't want to like there's so much shame in people who take antidepressants or you know take things like and like the reality is like nobody wants to do that like no like it's just like whether people are microdosing or whatever they're antidepressants whatever people do sometimes for depression like there are these different options or um, like it's people do it because they're not at a place of like peace and bliss and happiness and your natural state is peace, bliss and happiness. Um, and when it's not there, then it's energy that we can clear and we can move and we can alchemize and then you can get to this place of like peace, you know? And so 
mental illness like I just learned through like so much discernment and just my journey of like just researching and experiencing myself is just it's not what it's it's not what we've been taught or we've been told and and like I said everyone has good intentions like everyone does like that is trying to help doctors psychiatrists everyone they really do everyone just has different teachings that they've learned and these are my teachings that I've learned yeah it's certainly powerful on realizing that everyone's operating from the information that they've accrued to this point in their life and Mm -hmm. doing at least probably for the most part, I'm sure there's some nefarious actors out there, but for the most part, everyone's putting forth the best thing that they can offer. And so it sounds to me like you kind of had this smorgasbord, the buffet of treatments, if you will, (laughs) and you kind of just started picking and choosing and sampling and saying, okay, let me try these ones. Let me try those ones. And which ones are working out the best for me over time? Yeah. Which ones feel the best? Which ones put me in my power? Which ones take my power? Which ones take my power away from me? Which ones keep me victim? Which ones empower me? And anywhere where my power is going to be outside of me, I didn't feel resonant with. And and also there was this part that's coming to mind right now where the antidepressants, like maybe they could have worked on it if I stayed on them for more than a couple of weeks. You know, everyone's like, well, you know what you have to do, stay on for six to eight weeks or whatever, you know. And but for me, there was just this like, I don't know, like a soul, something in my soul, like a deep knowing that I can't mask what this is or I'm never going to get through it. I just, it was just like, I could alleviate it, right? I tried to take some Xanax here and there to like chill me out so I didn't lose my mind, but like the Xanax stopped working because my soul was like, "Uh uh-uh, Caroline, (laughs) we chose for you to have this awakening so you could show other people that they are their own medicine, but you gotta go through it. But yeah, it's, it's just like a deep knowing and discernment and like you said, like, yeah, everyone has their own truths. And I just try to be like a light and a pillar for my truth. And whoever's meant to tap into that, I see it like being a lighthouse for both. And whoever's meant to tap into this frequency will gravitate towards me. And whoever my truth might trigger, because my truth will trigger those who are um, maybe are medications or are putting their power outside of their stuff in other ways, like my truth will trigger them. But eventually, they'll, they typically gravitate towards me. And, and I get that because I'd, I'd be triggered. I'd be triggered. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, when you show up in your power and you tell people that they're their own medicine and it, your truth questions their entire belief system, um, that's an uncomfortable place to be. And I know it because I've been on the other side where I'm like, well, what the fuck is this person saying? Wait a minute is my whole belief system just wait a minute and then you kind of like you kind of like push the information away because it's like i can't see this truth and like i this isn't true and then eventually you kind of lighten up that wall you put up and you're like wait a minute she's in her power am i my own medicine too and it's like then they tap into the frequency (laughs) 
So what you're saying is, is you've just triggered half of my audience and now they're turning off the podcast. Oh, <laughs> uh, and I say with the most love, I actually have like, I have friends who are on, on antidepressants and like, they hear my story and learn from me and like, they're getting, you know, towards points where they're going to wean off and, you know, whether I show them the way or they find the way, you know, and it's, it's beautiful, but I'm, yeah, I'm definitely be careful. I'm careful to, I'm careful to, I want to always be in my truth. Like I'm always going to speak in my truth, but I also do have compassion and love for those who don't have my truth and they don't have to. Um, I always just say like, do what like feels most empowering for you and brings you into your power. Mm. And yeah. 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 And it's really a crazy thing to get to that point, but I do want to, take a step back to your dark night of the soul because I know with mine and majority of the ones that I've heard, there's usually a trigger. So like for me, mine got triggered because I did a psilocybin therapy yeah. session. I did it out of, after a messy breakup, didn't make sense to me. Shit was confusing. Did some psilocybin and showed me a lot of patterns that I was running at a unconscious in the matrix level for you was there a was there a trigger was there something that triggered this whole chain of events to occur yes um it was mushrooms oh (laughs) yes we got another one in the club (laughs) i'm I'm careful to say that although i always want to speak on it It, please use drugs responsibly guys (laughs) first of all love lsd don't take it anymore but used to take it my LSD chapter was age 20 to like 23 and take tons of LSD with a partner I had, DMT, all that fun stuff. And then my mushroom era began a few years after with a different partner I did where he was really into mushrooms. So we'd take these four gram trips and we'd trip out. And I wasn't at this level of consciousness in that yet. I was younger and just I wasn't as deep into my um, my journey yet. But we'd take these big trips and we'd trip out. This was before like the microdosing era. So we didn't, we just skipped microdosing. <laughs> and I thought that people just, I thought you just take four grams. Like that's what you do because that's what he was doing. So I was like, well, I'm just going to do what he was doing. Cause you know, you do what your partner does sometimes back then. <laughs> For those so. listening, that is not a, that's considered a hero dose. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So do not, I mean, you can start there, but not recommend Use a guide, like be with a guide. It's like, it can be so powerful when you have a guide, which I'm actually thinking about becoming a, a guide. But so I took, we'd take four grams and trip out and it was so much fun. And it was introspective, but I was younger and I could just like, I was having a weird part of the trip. I could just kind of smoke some weed and continue on. And, you know, we'd see colors and we'd dance and it was fun. Um, I didn't really face any shadows. I didn't really know what shadow work was. And nothing came up too heavy like it did in my awakening. So then um, I, a few years later, when I was 20, 27, 28 during my awakening or 27, yeah, I did one gram of mushrooms and the reason that i hesitate to tell people is mushrooms sometimes because like i i know so many people take mushrooms now and i don't want people to think like oh no i want to go into the psychosis if i take mushrooms it's just Mm -hmm. what my soul chose because i was with a few other women a couple of like close friends of mine at the time the mushrooms we were taking were mushrooms that i had from that i had gotten from a friend and i always got them from the same person and 
after that one gram, I went into the really, really, really dark place. Everything around me started to turn dark. It was all reflecting the trauma coming up within me. Internal was reflecting external. My friends are like, are you okay? And I'm like, no, I need to like go upstairs to this room and just be alone. And I was like, I started to lose my mind and I started to feel out of control. Couldn't, couldn't be around like the kitchen or like knives or like anything. And it was like a dark fucking place. So yeah, it was mushrooms. Um, I, it had, it, it, it happened as exactly how it should have. And after that trip, I was like, that's when the awakening started. And I remember it getting like just progressively worse and worse each day. I thought it was like good. It was a bad trip. But then it was like, oh, fuck. And once I found my mentor, I started to integrate. And that's other people taking these bigger doses or even if a gram doses to someone like integration. It's meant whatever comes up. There's no such thing as a bad trip or a good trip. It would like your LSD trip. Like how, like how do we get to where we're at now? Like how are we at this level of consciousness? It's like everything that happens is divinely happening, like divinely orchestrated for your awakening. There are no accidents. People are like, oh, you take like the wrong mushrooms or like maybe your environment. And I'm like, listen, like this shit had to happen. But for like a minute, like a couple of weeks, I was like, oh my gosh, I took the wrong mushrooms. Oh no, I should have done the setting differently. Even though I was in like a beautiful house in Lake Tahoe, it was like the perfect setting. And I was like, I should, maybe it was one of the people I was with, they triggered this. And mm. yeah, it was just very victim consciousness, like putting again, my power outside myself. So I was never going to heal at that, at that point. But yeah. I had a, uh, (laughs) there was a yoga retreat I went on and one kid that was there, he had never done mushrooms before and he was married and we were like, Hey, like we're here. If you want to do them, you can try them out. He's like, Oh, I don't know. Like no pressure, but like, you know, it's your choice. And so he ended up taking a little bit, probably in the same ballpark of like one gram, maybe one and a half spaced out over some time. And you know, had a good time, enjoyed it. Some time passes and I go back out to San Diego to visit him, uh, him and some other friends. And we're at a barbecue at his place. And subconsciously, I kind of noticed that his wife wasn't there, but I didn't ask any questions. And so somebody, someone that was beside him, we started talking, he's asking about mushrooms, you know, they introduced me like, Oh, he has like a spiritual podcast. He talks about this stuff, he knows. So like, if you're thinking about it, talk to him, da, 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 da. So I started talking to his friend and I'm like, yeah, explain it to him. And I said kind of exactly what you said is there's no such thing as a good or bad trip. There's only the trip you're supposed to have. Now my buddy who was at the yoga retreat got flustered and walked away whenever I said that. And I noticed it Mm. and I was like, okay, that's interesting. So I started talking to him later And he brings up that he's no longer with his wife. And I was like, oh, I kind of had a feeling, but I didn't want to say anything. And he's like, Mm -hmm. yeah, that's why whenever you said that earlier about there's no such thing as a good or bad trip, I got triggered because it was on that trip that I realized I shouldn't have been with my wife. And that's when everything started shifting. And I was like, oh, shit. And I was like, well... (laughs) how are things now? And he's like, Oh, I'm a lot happier, man. Like it sucked oh. going through it, but it was for the better, you know? So I, <laughs> I, so it's something that I kind of needed to learn to be careful with, like kind of just throwing that out there. Cause it's very mm-hmm. much in my mission to like, here's the truth. But sometimes, <laughs> you know, that comes across a little, uh, di- different depending on the person. 
Yeah. And I, yeah, I think it's the way also like going about the truth because sometimes when you wake up to the truth, you just like are on a roll. You're like, Hey, there's like chemicals and all your shit. You guys (laughs) like, you're all going to get fucking sick. (laughs) Like, (laughs) like, like, and when it's like in reality, like, I was doing the same shit weeks before I had the awakening, right? So it's like, <laughs> it's like having compassion for, I think earlier in this episode, you were like, just everyone's at their, where, where they're at. And like, everyone's doing the best for their state of awareness and consciousness. And we all just grow at different paces and together and whatnot and learn from each other. And we all have our things we awaken to. And yeah, that's how we learn from each other. But I notice and like how you were just saying, like, I was like, oh, shit, like, when I do speak my truth, and like, I'm conscious about being, you know, as compassionate and just sweet in my truth (laughs) as possible, but it's going to trigger people, it's going to, and, and that's okay, because triggers are medicine, too, like, you hear it all the time, those, what's the quote, it goes, uh, I may trigger you or inspire you, and both are medicine or something, Um, and like, I have kind of energy like that where it's like usually pretty laid back and just sweet my truth but like it's going to trigger someone and that's okay and eventually those people who got triggered they come around and I know it because I've been on the other side for instance if yeah if you're playing small and you're you know in victim consciousness and then someone's like oh hey I learned how to do this like actually I'm feeling amazing and free and you're not just saying it you can feel their energy they are free they're blissed out then you're like, fuck, like, I want to get there, but fuck, I'm sure, fuck this. And you just turn away. <laughs> and then eventually you'll turn back to the light and be like, okay, I'm ready. And so like, in terms of even my soul mission, as I stepped into it and like started showing up online and started guiding people and gaining clients and just having a grand old fucking time, it triggered people who weren't stepping into their missions. And I know that because of some people would even tell me like the way I was showing up, it was showing up big and powerful and in my truth. And that'll trigger someone who knows their truth and isn't sharing it. Um, and I know that cause again, I've been on the other side where I'm like, fuck, I'm triggered because I haven't stepped in my soul mission. This person's in theirs, you know? And then another part is like, I noticed like, as I step into my like sensuality and show up in my like full, like sensual essence that will trigger women who aren't in there. And again, I've been on the other side where I see women like showing up and they're like, just like their queen energy. They're like full, like sensuality on Instagram. And I'm just like, when I wasn't doing that, I was just kind of like, fuck, like, why am I triggered right now? (laughs) So I know how powerful triggers can be. And I think it's important for us to just continue to speak our truth, even if it makes people feel uncomfortable. And that there's an interesting transition here, I think, into creating content online because kind of as a background for the listeners, you know, you're probably the first person who I've had on that doesn't exactly have a huge Instagram presence, or at least hasn't created a whole bunch of content just because, you know, big shout out to David Lyon all the way back from episode 72 i think he was on the podcast um let me double check that real quick to get the to get some david. people he's the man he's so cool and uh oh, i spelled david wrong 71 episode 71 with david and 
I saw him post on your Instagram, his Instagram, like a huge shout out to you. He was like, oh, this chick's like on the up and up, you know, da 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 da. And there was <laughs> talking about energy. There was something about that post where I was like, you know, this, I trust David. David's always mm -hmm. locked in. And so I was like, all right, let me check out this, uh, check out this chick and see what's going on. And it was interesting because there wasn't, you haven't at this point at least created a lot of content online. Mm -hmm. So there wasn't too much for me to go through. And this brings me to the question, which is knowing that you've experienced those triggers from other people who are in their power, do you find it difficult or have any fears related to posting things of your authentic self and triggering other people? Mm. No, I I feel like I just, I don't really have, I don't really feel like, I'm not like really a content creator. Like I, like I've tried to go on like Canva and like make some quotes or like videos and stuff, but I, I speak a lot. I don't post my timeline a lot, but I speak a lot on my stories. Like when I get downloads and mm. I get messages, I just start sharing it. And I feel like there is a place where I could speak my truth a little more like there's some space there unlike the secrets of the universe pretty much <laughs> um and I think that's why I know I'll be speaking on that in my group container I have coming up it'll be like this sacred place where like everyone taps into that frequency and like I unravel the secrets of the universe but yeah you're right like I haven't really posted much on my timeline it's, it hasn't been out of fear. It's just been out of like, I've just been busy. <laughs> like, I've just been like work with my clients, like doing my thing. And it's funny you mentioned, yeah, like I don't have this big following, but I have a lot of people like reaching out and a lot of people coming to me and it feels more like just the frequency. You know what I mean? It's like this, this frequency. Um, but I thought that, that also I was like, wow, like, That'd be cool. Like they're like, yeah, create some content and like make my Instagram like this person's. It looks so cool. They have like their brand going, and I'm like, I just it, it just was feeling forced for me to do it. So I, I mean, yeah, like I, I was confused too. I was like, how do I get so many clients and I don't have any posts on even what I do really? Like no one really knows. But it's just like I did a lot of free master classes and stuff. So that's kind of where I share everything. So you think that's how the information got out there was so do you feel like it's normally people you already know and you're just now sharing your truth more and it's attracting people you already know or is it people like me where a friend of a friend and then they find you i think it's both um people have been finding me at like a rapid rate um there's all these new people following me every day and i'm like where, where are they going to come from but and i'm like i think the same thing i'm like that's cool like because i yeah i have like maybe like three or four grand four Okay, followers but like I, I I yeah I'm just but I also know how spirit works and I'm like spirit's just going to send the people my way who are meant to receive my medicine you know what I mean and um and yeah it's a lot of people that have been in my field and then a lot of just people that come out of nowhere they're like hey I found your Instagram and I'm like oh cool where'd you find it they're like I don't really know I just found <laughs> it and it kind of reminds me of my mentor during my awakening. Oh, shit, that's wild. It's like a parallel. She only had like a thousand Instagram followers. She was the most powerful energy healer I've ever 
experience. No big following or anything. She was on YouTube. She had some videos. And I'm just like, I found like a needle in a haystack like with her. And I was just like, yeah, she never really posted about what she did. She had like maybe a little website or something, just a few YouTube videos. And I found her. And that just shows like the right people will find you. Like the right people will. Yeah. Hmm. And you'll feel it. I find it so interesting. And a big reason I'm asking is because I've experienced above average success with social media. And I've noticed that there's people who maybe haven't experienced those same view numbers, yeah. but it doesn't translate. And this was something that kind of broke my perception is that it doesn't necessarily translate to money or mm -hmm. other financial things, which was a real wake up call to me. And that's kind of just like a very, I don't know, fascinating thing that I've seen develop over time where like your story is perfectly highlighting it where it's not, you can, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is, is that having a large following or not having a large following is not an excuse for not doing what you need to do with other people or growing a business or attracting clientele. Yeah, I agree with you so much there. Um, yeah, because if I was like, oh, well, I only have this many followers and maybe no one's going to hear what I'm saying, so I'm just not going to share. It's like, you speak your truth to speak your truth. You don't speak it to get validation or wanting to feel enough, right? Which is, it's very common just for the human to be like that, you know? We're, you know, a lot of Instagram too is just like wanting to be validated and just wanting to be enough. And like, that's okay. And speak your truth, you know? And so... I love that you said that. I was having a conversation with my girlfriend last night. She has um, like way more followers than me, like three times as many, I think. She's been doing her Instagram for a while and her spiritual business, but like our businesses are like doing the same. It's like, it, it was never about the followers, but I do, I do really, I, I'm really inspired by people who do have like really like large audiences and like that's beautiful that like, you like grown to that and like, attracted that and like show up for that you know what i mean it's like when you're speaking to even a larger audience speaking your truth you know it's like all right we're really doing this <laughs> i'm curious how yeah how you how you got to that you said above average success like how that happened for you well there's a a literal answer and there's a metaphysical answer <laughs> uh, i love i love them i figured i figured <laughs> you're speaking my language so spirit did it <laughs> Yeah, I mean, in sh I guess I mean, spirit did all of this, right? Spirit did <laughs> you don't get that metaphysical. Yeah, but for the humans to like, you know, the humans I to think digest. Um, I think there's something, there's something to the idea of you know, everyone talks about being in an abundance energy, which is true. Abundance energy is like this more metaphysical level, but I think that there's a underlying categories with underneath the abundance energy so whether it's strong friendships or whether it's a large social media or whether it's money we find that there's these sectors that i think we break out that abundance into so you can have abundance you can have that abundance energy within followers or um, the abundance energy within money and there's something to the idea of aligning with that frequency of what makes a video mm. viral like I could tell you energetically whenever I see a 
10 second video or a, a 30 second, I could probably tell you within 10 seconds if a video is going to be viral or not, just based off the oh. energy within it. Versus now, if you ask me if an idea is like a $10 billion idea, that would, I would be more difficult for me to determine that, if you will. So I think that there's a, there's something to aligning with like the frequency of understanding what makes a video viral, what makes someone um, financially independent and how all of that kind of breaks down. Mm, I love that. So that's one of your intuitive gifts. You can, I think so. I mean, I think I also, you you know, you kind of said it. Yeah. And I think, I think I learned that because of something you said in your answer about getting validated, which was a, I think a big thing for, there were a lot of reasons that I started the podcast, but one that I didn't realize until maybe, I don't know, maybe it would have been two weeks ago. I was listening back to one of my podcasts and I was over explaining myself and I'm sitting there, I'm thinking to myself, like why it was episode 80 for those interested. Um, and it's a great podcast, but I just kept seeing myself like talking over myself, kind of like stumbling over my words. And I'm sitting there thinking like, why am I doing this? Like, just get to the point. I'm like, Clayton, what are you doing? Just get to the point. Mm -hmm. And what I kind of came to was like this, uh, feeling that I wasn't being heard or that Mm -hmm. I was trying to get valid, not necessarily get validation from the other person, but I wasn't being heard was like the cornerstone Mm -hmm. of it. And I was like, Oh, it's like, yeah, like I'm, I'm putting all of these extra words in thinking that it's going to somehow make me heard or more seen by the audience. When in reality, I mean, you're just kind of stumbling over yourself and nobody really wants to hear it. And I think it's funny too, because recently I update, I updated my whole setup, my whole uh, podcast environment. So now I actually hear myself in my own headphones whenever I talk. And I think it's done something very profound, A, to my voice, B, to my calmness, and then C, for being heard, because I'm literally hearing myself. So it's like, okay, yeah, they are, they are hearing my words because I can hear my words. And so I think there's a whole bunch of other stuff underneath there, but I do think that that validation piece is coming through or came through because of, you know, wanting to be heard. So I put my energetic mm. frequency into content creation because it's like, oh, if a million people watch myself, then that validates me as a person. Mm-hmm. Reality, that reality had a whole different um, thing for me other than that. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Wow, that's powerful. I love that you said that. And yeah, wow. I think also like, yeah, like wanting to, wanting to feel heard, wanting to feel seen. These are all like just our inner child. So it's like our higher self is straight. I always tell so like your higher self yeah, knows that she or he's enough and all of that. Your inner child doesn't know that yet. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's all also women. I'm like, we're trying to get out of like expired relationships or situationships. And like your higher self knows she's a bad bitch. Your inner child has no idea. <laughs> There's a disconnect. <laughs> and that's why you choose things that aren't your queen energy, you know? Um, but I, yeah, I love that you mentioned that and said that. And as you were talking and, you know, it sounds like you, you're really self-aware and it's cool. Like I can feel that too. when talking to you and in all beings, you know, as we're all shifting right now, it's like, it's really, it's, it's nice when you're, you know, like you can feel someone's presence. And I think that's what all humans like really are just wanting to just be able to connect in presence 
And so um, I notice with all beings, but also like a lot of men, it's like sometimes you have a hard time just like being just like fully just here. And like, it's cool how you're just like here. You know what I mean? You're not there. You're, it's that or like, it's just like, we're just here. So yeah, it's really right. Yeah. I appreciate it. I really <laughs> yeah. appreciate that reflection. Yeah. Yeah, it's a um, very, I've noticed how powerful it really is. And I think a huge, because I've always been kind of unknowingly empathetic of my mm. entire life of like feeling other people's energies, but not consciously aware of it. I was much more in like a logical, unhealthy, toxic, masculine energy for majority of my life. Mm -hmm. And one of these big pivots, especially with becoming presence and becoming presence, becoming present and really. Mm, you are present. <laughs> <laughs> I am presence. <laughs> mm. Um and becoming connected to people is like you at least i needed to find this way to deviate and find a way to realize that it's this other person's energy as opposed to my own and realizing mm -hmm. that the energy i was taking on wasn't me but it was them i think that was a big pivot as well and and it could be a big reason that people unconsciously shy away from being present is not wanting to feel the other person's energy because it could create some fear that they'll take on that energy for themselves well yes i actually have a story about that when i first had my awakening you know you started to become really let's hear it empathic i have to pee really quick actually oh okay go for it <laughs> that's just me <laughs> <laughs> oh well carolyn is going i don't know might make a mark here to cut this. Oh, um, but guys, go check out Mushy Love. I have a discount code for 10% off, Clayton. So go type that in, mushylove.com, or maybe it's Get Mushy Love. Go down to the link below, click the master link, scroll down to the bottom of the master link, click on support and codes, and go get Mushy Love because it is by far the best mushroom drink that I have found and I have used. And we've also had one of the creators <laughs> in episode 41. So go check that out. Stay tuned as in part two, I talk with Caroline about astrology, family dynamics, veganism, birth control, inner child healing, and a lot more relationship advice.